Hello everyone and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So yesterday I was talking a lot about apologetics and talking about going off about how the church doesn't teach apologetics and they really need to have more of an emphasis on apologetics in the church and about how the lead singer of uh, Hawk Nelson left, said he no longer believes in God, and then he had some main points. And I brought up, I brought up the issues he had, but I didn't go into depth depth behind it, mainly because I wanted to talk to the church really say we need a course correction here and a lot of what i said sounded like an attack but it was more of a punch in the face we need to fix this thing now we're in a dire emergency <clears throat> especially in our culture nowadays so like i was talking about yesterday on the podcast i would go ahead and let's go ahead and go through all these questions now really fast i'm going to tell you up front i don't have all the answers not by a long shot so I'm going to give you what I understand of them and just proceed forward with them. I'm going to let you guys research and study further into what I'm talking about. So let me go ahead, if you've missed it, let me read what he said. So here's the main problem he had. And he said, we had a problem with evil. Quote, if God is loving and powerful, why is there evil in the world? Can you not do anything about it? Does he choose not to? Is evil in the world a result of a desire to give us free will? Okay, then. What about famine and disease and floods and all the suffering that isn't caused by, hum by humans and our free will? If God is loving, why does he send people to hell? Okay, so these are the questions he was bringing up. I'm going to go through it one at a time and kind of dissect them. I might just go back. You know me. I'm probably going to go back and forth and talking about them. So the first part. If God is all-loving and all-powerful, why is there evil in the world? You know, that's a really good question. Quite honestly, there's not really an easy answer to that. Ultimately, I don't know. Why? I know that God is loving, he is powerful, but he does allow evil to exist. And I think it's really more connected into the... Well... <laughs> well, let me read this here. Is evil resolved? Oh, okay. So, the third question he had... Where was, is evil in the world a result of a desire to give us free will? He had a question on that. So the first and the third question are actually one and the same. Yes. Evil is a result of that. Evil is a direct result of wanting to give us free will. The reason being, you can't have love without free will. Dr. Frank Turks about the, talks about this on Cross-Examine. It is impossible to love somebody without free will. Plain and simple. If you're a robot, you can't free you can't experience free will. You can't force someone to love you. That's not love, it's manipulation. That's not true love. You have to have two people, two independent people, who freely choose to love each other. That's what it is. Like when if you're watching a movie and you see like uh, you see people who are arranged marriages and you have people like in our Western society who go, oh my gosh, how could a woman be forced to marry somebody she doesn't love? This is horrific. True, it's horrific. But at the same time, you also recognize when you get angry like that, when you are upset in that fashion, you know that's not true love. You know that's a crass manipulation. There you go. When someone kidnaps someone and says, I'm going to force you to love me. You see that in the movies. You hear about people who die in real life. You know, for example, that's not real love. That's manipulation. If you, if a girl comes up to a boyfriend and says, I love you, and he says, I don't believe you unless you have sex with me, 
that's crass manipulation. You're going to say, this guy doesn't actually love her. He's manipulating her to have sex with him. There you go. So yes, free will. Now, here's the other half of it. We notice over when we read Genesis about why the world has fallen into its state it is. And I think it goes directly into the area of saying, okay, then what about famine, disease, floods, and all the suffering that is caused by humans in our, um, oh, sorry, and all the suffering isn't caused by our um, free will, humans in our free will. Well, that's true. But here's the thing that I think the lead singer of Hawk Nelson is not looking at properly here, and I think this is what the church really needs to teach is sin has consequences to it. You take an action, and it has ramifications that you're going to see and not see. You see the same thing with like alcohol addiction or sex addiction, addictions or any kind of addictions out there. The person will have it, and it will have unintended un, uh, consequences to the actions. If you're angry and you start screaming or punching or doing something like that, you're going to have unintended co consequences to your actions. People who you didn't mean to hurt will get hurt. Like vengeance, for example. Some people out there want to have vengeance against somebody else or something or whatnot. And I've been guilty of this too. I wanted vengeance against certain people or companies or organizations. I've wanted that. But I also understand that taking vengeance against something or somebody has unintended consequences. You're going to hurt the people next who are nearby to you. And people you don't even know are going to be affected by this. We saw the riots um, recently. And I don't want to go into politics here. But the man was killed under police brutality. And then you see people who get angry riot because they want to have justice for for this individual. I forgot their name off the top of my head because I didn't. I wasn't planning to bring him up. But my mind just kind of shifted to that part. Right there, they wanted to have justice for this individual person. They wanted vengeance. They're acting out of revenge towards the justice and towards the police department. So they go to a Target and other stores and they riot, and they loot it, and they burn it down. This has unintended consequences that in the heat of the moment, you're not thinking. You're not thinking about the mother, a single mother, who's trying to raise her children and needs that job at Target to either in order to provide for her children who now find themselves out of a job and are job hunting desperately trying to pay the bills the rent and whatnot trying to put food on the table you don't see the fact that people when they do these things out of vengeance anger that they cause irreversible damage to somebody who's in already dire consequence and dire need themselves they're in a mindset of sin and, and their nature to commit vengeance that's what I mean by when people commit sin, sinful acts, that it has ramifications across the world, both local, in their personal lives, all the way to their city. It has huge consequences for them. Think about when you're out behind the uh, when you're driving on the street and someone cuts you off and you get angry. Again, I've done this. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm really putting myself out there, having how imperfect I actually am here. I've gotten angry at people who cut me off. Oh my gosh, I'm going to speed around them and you know, shake my fist at them. I don't do that. Though I do go around them. But notice that, you get road rage. You get anger. And then next you know, you can get out, cause a car accident. Maybe someone has a car and they're just trying to get to work. You cause an accident, they can't go to work and they get in trouble and they can get fired for it. And next you know, they can't afford to pay for their insurance. They can't put food on the table. They, you know, All these terrible things. Your anger, your sin, has... Let, has uh, and consequences that you were not intending to have happen because you're in the heat of the moment. So yes, when we see this, this can even have a stronger ramification. We actually find this over in Genesis. When we see the fall of man, when we see Adam and Eve who fall in Genesis 3 have unintended consequences to this. So 
we see famines and plagues and pestilences and earthquakes and all these things terraformed and transformed. That's what we saw, including Noah's flood. We see all this great transformation happening because sin and destruction of and sin has come into the world, and through sin, death and destruction has happened. So yes, our free will affects everything and has unimaginable consequences to it. Now, why God allows this to take place and doesn't just correct everything, I don't know. I do know. When I read in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We know things work out for the better. I've been in that situation of unemployment. I've been in that situation of having to go through hell. I have. I'm not immune to this. As again, I have to repeat myself over and over. Is And I don't mind doing that, but I'm just trying to drive the point here. I've had to go through absolute hell. I've had to see where I'm going, God, help me out. God, help me out. And he took all those bad things and turning them into something good. So there's losing a job. Teaching you how to trust. Teaching you in those difficult times that you can become a leader out of those situations. God made it show, made me see and be able to see around the world around me as saying, yes, there's horrible things in this world, but God is providing for you. You just have to trust him. Not blind trust, but based upon the evidence of what you have gone through with Jesus Christ, even reading into the Bible where he came through with so many different people. I say relate to what the Bible is saying about how he comes through with every person and put it into your own life as well, of putting your trust into Jesus Christ, just giving it a shot and see where it goes. And God will provide for you. Well, here's the crazy part. Next part, I'll also read this in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me. Which is, he's talking to his brothers, right? Um, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. This is a huge thing. God is, and I do apologize for the noise again. I am right next to the street, and that's where my condo is. People mean thing, mean for bad things to happen, but God transforms into something good. I remember being terminated from the Walt Disney Company, and I thought how terrible this was. I'm being mistreated. I find out later on, and I'm pretty sure I was falsely terminated. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just laying it out there. I don't know. I know that there are probably corrupt individuals inside the union. They're probably bad, not-so-hot people. I'm guessing it's more on the union side than the Walt Disney Company side. But I'm guessing there were some bad apples on both ends. But God used that to transform me into somebody who understands what it's like to lose jobs and to help other people proceed forward through it in order to give strength and encouragement and know what to do in those situations. So there, what, what these people did to do evil against me, God meant for good and he brought it about and made so I could help many, so many people could be helped and kept alive. So Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 came alive to me. So the next part is, and this is a big one I believe that a lot of Christians have issues with that turn to atheism. If God is loving, why does he send people to hell? Right? If God's loving, why is he going to send people to hell? Same thing I've heard a hundred, hundred, thousands of times. Well, here's what we know. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 7. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved. I would say all people at this point. 
to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there, there is one God and one mediator between a uh, mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. The testimony bore at a proper time, and for this I appointed a preacher. I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am telling the truth, and I am not lying, as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I want to go really fast to this first top part here again. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, for our, uh, our of sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Right there. In 1 Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 2. Right there. No, sorry, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 3. God does not desire anyone to go to hell whatsoever. So the question remains, why, well, why does he send people to hell? Why are people going to hell? Why does God send them there? Well, truth is, no, he doesn't. He doesn't send people to hell. You send yourself to hell. It's a one-way ticket. True, he's going to judge the heavens and the earth, and that he will judge according everyone according to their deeds. There will be a judgment day. But he makes it clear that he does not will for you to go to hell. He wills for you to go to heaven. He will have to judge you, but it's not his desire to send you there. Not one bit. That puts the ball in your court. If his desire is not to send you there, then it is entirely your decision to go there. It is your call. Your choice. That is what this is. It is not about, well, God sends people to hell. No, you decided that. What is hell? True, in Revelation, we do have a picture of hell that talks about the lake of fire that will never be quenched. That's true. It also says that it was designed for the devil and his angels. So it wasn't even designed for you. It wasn't even created for you to go there. But you will if you choose it. If you choose eternal separation from God, you will end up in hell. That is true. But again, notice what I'm saying here. I'm not saying God chooses for you to do that. God's desire is for you to spend eternity with him. So I want to sit around and say, well, God's sending so many people to hell. No, 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 no. This is where I'm looking going. Whatever you're doing, the lead singer from Hawk Nelson, if you are listening to these people saying in Bible studies and going, well, you know, there's gonna say, he's going to send people to hell. He's going to send me to hell. I'm going to be like, I would read your Bible a little bit more thoroughly and go, excuse me, that ain't right. That ain't right. His will is not for anyone to perish, but all to come eternal life. That's why he sent Jesus. Free ticket out. Well, free ticket as in you can't afford to pay your sins. The price is too high. The penalty of sin is death. Does that mean cut your throat and let it bleed out and you die on the floor like in the movies? Eh, not necessarily. No, actually. What he was referring to is separation from God. Sin separates you from God. That's why Jesus had to bridge the gap. That's why there's one mediator between mankind and God. Christ Jesus the man. Who gave himself as what? A ransom. Right? So, he was the ransom that was paid for your sins. All you have to do 
is put your faith and trust into him. Wipes the sins away. Does that mean you keep sinning? No. That means you repent, you turn away from what you're doing, and you do your best not to sin. Are you going to screw up? Well, you're going to be like me. You're going to screw up every day. Every single day. You're going to be a mess up. Horrible mess up. Well, that, that's where grace comes in. Right? That's where the grace comes in. Now, what is grace? Grace is undeserved, unmerited favor. That's where all sorts of all blessings come from. It, it, the grace that you receive from Jesus Christ, from God, is uns, undeserved, unmerited favor. You haven't done anything to deserve it. So, to make it short, no, you, if you choose to live your life separate from God, if you say, I don't want to live, you know, if I want to do things my way. I've had plenty of people do that. I've said, you know, I'll talk about this and I'll be like, man, you preach too much. And I go, well, here's, here's a question I have to ask them. I always ask them this. Okay, I'm going to guess, judging by our conversation or how well I know you, you like to live life your own way. They go, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to have anyone telling you yes or no or what to do. They go, yeah, right again. They go, right. So that's how you end up in hell. You want to do things your way. And, and here's the scary part about it. When you study human history, uh, human history, because <laughs> there's also biblical history and the spiritual history and whatnot, because that's what the Bible reveals. When you study human history, all the mass atrocities, the biggest mass atrocities, apart from people who do the Crusades, the Salem Woods Trials, and the Spanish Inquisition, those people all claim to be doing things in the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone who has half intellect will be able to read the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and read what Jesus teaches. He never says one thing that condones what they did at those periods of time in the name of Christ. He never condoned it. Those people were doing it for their own reasons, their own thing. Now, shifting apart from that, when you have people like Joseph Stalin, like Pope Hal, like Mussolini, like Kim Jong-un, like Adolf Hitler, these people did this of their own free will. They didn't want God involved. I know many people argue and say that Hitler was a Christian, and I've already talked about this, I believe, with Stuart Connectly, and disposed of that, that, that he never actually was a Christian. He never was. But human history is covered in the blood of people who had wanted to do things their own way. Joseph Stalin, personally, I remember talking to my own family about this. I said, is Joseph Stalin an atheist or an anti-theist? And they go, isn't that the same one and the same? I go, no. Two different things. You have atheist people who just don't believe in God. You know, you got a conversation and just go, I just don't believe God exists. Then you have the people like Richard Dawkins, like Chris, like Christopher Hitchens, like David Silverman, who say that God cannot possibly exist whatsoever. And in fact, they write books. The late Christopher Hitchens was God is not great. Um, Richard Dawkins wrote the God delusion. Uh, um, David Silverman does podcasts. He does episodes on, on YouTube where you can watch where he goes, there is no God. And he went to the Ark Encounter. I am not kidding. This was actually kind of amusing to me to be honest i know many christians are like oh, this is you know how could he do this i was kind of laughing because i'm like wait a second you're an atheist showing up at an art convention to pre to stand against christianity are you sure you're actually an atheist or are you just an anti-theist you don't want people of, of god to go and practice what they want to believe they want to bring their children to an ark and tell them that the ark was real okay big deal you know, if, if atheism is true and that all that stuff was fake, they'll learn later on that none of it was actually accurate. What are you afraid of? 
and he was out there like attacking, you know, like, you know and saying, nah, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. You're like, I'm like, dude, really? This is kind of comical. But anyways, back to the main point is, no, we don't, God doesn't send you to hell. You choose that destination for yourself. You choose to end up there. You choose to live life, God, you choose to live life away from God. So God will not force him, force you into heaven against your will. If your will is that you don't want to spend eternity with God, God is a gentleman. He will never force you against your will into his presence. His will is that you would end up with him. His will, his desire, his wholehearted desire of his heart. The reason he sent Jesus to die on that cross was so that you could spend eternity with him. That he could be in relationship with you, take away pain, suffering, give you an eternity, give you a life full of hope and joy with purpose. That's what he did everything for you. That's why he did what he did. That is his desire for you, to end up in heaven, to be with him. He implores you to come to him. He sends you flowers and chocolates. He sends you love kisses. He sends you all this. He under, we understand that you're not going to understand all the answers. We understand all that stuff. You're trying to, under, you're trying to grapple with a, a being that is beyond infinite understanding. An all-powerful, all-knowing, all omnipresent being that is beyond our understanding. So yeah, these questions I can't really answer fully. But this, again, this is the will of God. The will of God is for you to come to him. The will of God is for you to spend eternity with him. And ultimately, it is your call, your decision, whether or not you accept that invitation. You're going to accept it, and it'd be amazing. Or you can blow it off. Your, your call is your choice. The ball is in your park at, that point, at this point. Plain and simple. So you need to choose this day whom you're going to serve. You choose it. You can choose to follow Jesus Christ. But again, as I've always said in my episodes, I don't want you to follow Jesus just because I say it's the best idea ever. I want you to follow Jesus because you read the Bible. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get to know who Jesus is. Look at the evidence about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Research it. Find that he is trustworthy. And that's what I want you to do. And here's what I'll put kind of uh, start closing on this. If you look at Jesus Christ, I implore you to always research him. If he's a quack, completely loony, then walk away. But if he is truly the son of God, truly claimed to be God in human form, I implore you to follow him. So these questions that were raised by the lead singer of Hawk Nelson, I feel that they were not necessarily completely easy to answer. Because ultimately, I don't have an answer towards everything. I can only give you a brief taste of what I understand of it. That's all I can do in this podcast. But I can tell you that that brief taste could have helped. That if the church and people really studied their Bible, we're not just getting, receiving the milk of the gospel. Not the, Jesus died for your sins. And... Repent, brothers and sisters. Turn away from your sins and follow him. That's just the milk. And I love, I'm, I'm going to say Harvest Crusade. And, and before I do this, I'm not attacking Greg Lore, Pastor Greg Glory of um, um, Harvest Church in Riverside. I think that Harvest Crusades are wonderful. I go there. I see them. I watch them on YouTube. I think they're fantastic. But they are the milk of the gospel. They truly are the milk. And they're what a lot of people need. 
But I feel at the same time, when these questions are brought up, when these questions are being asked, it is no longer acceptable for us to just give the milk of the situation. Just simply say, as our last episode, have faith. We can't do that anymore. We cannot just simply rely on have faith and we just God will make things better. We have to dive deeper. We have to be like um, the late Ravi Zacharias, Dr. Ravi Zacharias. We have to be like Dr. Frank Turk. We have to be like Stuart or Cliff Connectly. We have to be like many other Christian apologists. J. Warner Wallace, Lee Strobel. We have to be those people who are able to deliver the milk of the gospel. But we also have to be able to deliver meat, the meat of the gospel. I don't believe it's acceptable anymore for the church as a whole to just be able to deliver the milk and never do apologetics. I think it's more, and I said this I know in my last episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and touch on it again. We need to have the Christian apologetics in there. We need to be able to, even if we cannot fully answer these questions, we need to, first of all, accept that. Accept that we cannot truly answer these questions fully. And some people know far more about these subjects than other people, like myself. I don't know fully about these things. I'm just going off what I've known. But we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to have the milk and the meat and deliver it. The milk to the new believer to help them out, to plant the seed to let it grow and not be caught up inside of the thorns and the thickets. To not have it thrown onto the ground where the birds can just snatch it up. And again, the thorns thickets are the ones that's just suffocate it. We need to have it planted in good soil. So we need people who understand that. People in the church. Not just the pastor, but also ministers. I should say, not even just that. Members of churches. Parents. And even students who can do that. We need to be able to give the milk to to be able to grow to be able to uh, the fertile seed grow but then we need to have the meat to keep it growing into a mighty tree to produce amazing fruit and then that fruit is so abundant we can give it to all people and spread the gospel but we can only do that be by able to go into these questions and go through and answer these things so in an age of skepticism where people are walking away from the church because of these things we can turn around and say, we can't know all the answers, but this is a very strong, what we have seen a lot of, and then encourage people to continuously read the Bible and press in. So, when I, that's really what I had to cover today on this particular episode. To really just talk loosely, well, talk about these in the way that I see I can answer them. And maybe after reading this, uh, when Hawk, the lead singer from Hawk Nelson, who walked away, Maybe this is the best way to in order to reach you. So last but not least, again, my, my final words here. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you with everything he has. God does love you. He loves you so much he sent his only begotten son. That if you choose to believe in him, you'll never perish or die, be separated from God, but you'll have eternity with him. So I encourage all of you to please read the Bible. I also encourage you to please pray for the lead singer of Hawk Nelson. Also to pray for all those who are going through a difficult time. And to continuously be in the word of God and be with Jesus Christ. So until next time we meet again, may God richly bless you all, my dearly beloved.